today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. What we see in the book of Joel and what we see throughout the Bible is that the answer to sin and disobedience is always repentance. It's always repentance. Repentance means having a change of mind. Change of mind about yourself, change of mind about the way that you're living that results in a change of direction. You stop living the way that you're living, you turn away from your current path in life, and you turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and restoration. Different people have many different opinions on everything that is going on in the world today. Some people are panicked while others can't see the big deal. There are those that are preparing for difficult days ahead, while others still talk about the best days being yet to come. In today's message, Pastor Dan tells us that no matter what things look like at the current moment, what we all really need is to get right with Jesus, to turn from anything that would keep us from Him and all that He has to offer. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Romans chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. You know, it's a sad commentary on the state of our society when it's necessary to keep liquor stores open for the drunks but close houses of worship. It says a lot about where we are as a society. This plague was a wake-up call to the drunkards. It should get your attention. There's no more wine. Wake up. You know, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14, it says to us as believers, and do this knowing the time, but now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light and let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. God tells us to wake up too. The times that we're living in. So verse 6 goes on. For a nation has come up against my land strong and without number. He's describing this plague of locusts as like a, a nation that has invaded the land. An invading army. His teeth are the teeth of a lion. And he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away, its branches are made white. They literally would strip all of the bark off of olive trees, for example. Israel is described as God's vine and God's fig tree. Throughout the scriptures, God describes Israel as his vine and his fig tree. And stripped bare. Its branches are made white. The bark's been stripped off. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband. Of your youth. This is speaking to the whole nation now. The whole nation should lament, realizing this is God's judgment against their rebellion as a nation. This is a spiritual issue in the nation. Verse 9 the grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. 
the grain offering and the drink offering, which was wine, has been cut off. Now, this is important here. The grain offering, the drink offering were made every morning and every evening in the temple. They were daily offerings that they would make. But the offerings have been cut off because of this plague of locusts. In other words, people can no longer worship God if they don't have the offering. So they can no longer worship God. The temple services have been shut down because there was just no more grain. This is God's judgment against the nation. It's his wake-up call to the nation. Now, just to help you understand how important these offerings were to Israel, at other times in their history, the priests continued to make these offerings while the city was under siege. They didn't even stop for that. 63 BC, when the Roman Empire first came into that area, they laid siege to Jerusalem. The Romans actually launched boulders that weighed over 600 pounds into the city. While those boulders are being launched into the city, the priests were continuing to make these offerings in the courts of the temple. So they didn't even stop when the city was under siege. Later, 70 AD, when the city is once again under siege by the Roman Empire, the Roman army surrounded the city, cut off their food and water supply. The people in the city, in the city of Jerusalem, they had nothing to eat. They were starving to death, literally inside the city. But the priests continued to make the grain offering. It was that important to them. They've got grain and they're not going to use it to feed people. They're going to use it to worship God. It was that important to them. But now the offerings have stopped. The worship of God has stopped. You know, it's one thing if the drunkards can't get their wine. It's another thing when the people are no longer able to worship God. It's a whole other thing when God shuts down his temple temporarily. That's the great catastrophe in this plague. That's the thing that should get the attention of God's people more than anything else, more than the whole wine thing or the food and all that stuff. But hey, we can't go to the temple. We can't make the offering. That's why back in verse 3, the Lord says, tell your children and your children's children and make sure they tell their children about this time in our history that was so unprecedented where we couldn't even worship God. We couldn't go to church. Verse 10, the field is wasted. The word wasted here, it means violently destroyed. The field is violently destroyed. The land mourns for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers. Wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. You know, the farmers and the vine dressers, they've worked all year, right? caring for and tending to their farm. And and now they just watch the fruit of their labor devoured in a matter of hours. And there's nothing they can do about it. They can't stop it. They're totally hopeless and helpless. The vine is dried up. The fig tree is withered. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, all the, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons 
of men, usually harvest time was the most joyous time of year. You know, all your hard work and all your labor finally pays off. You're finally rewarded with an abundant harvest. But the joy has withered away from the sons of men. There's nothing to harvest. It's all gone. Now in verse 13, we have the solution. Here's what Judah should do. Here's the way back to restoration. Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Well, you who minister before the altar, come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God, for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Now, this locust invasion it likely lasted maybe four or five months, and then the locusts moved on, and eventually the vegetation began to grow back, and the land recovered. But I want you to note here what Joel does not say. Joel does not say to the people of Judah, just hang in there. In a few months, this will all be over. This time next year, life will be back to normal. No, instead, Joel calls the nation to repentance. He tells the priests, gird yourselves, prepare yourselves for repentance. And he brings up again that the offerings are withheld from the house of the Lord. Let me remind you again, you can't worship the Lord. That tells you how severe your condition is as a nation. God has cut off your worship. You need to consecrate a fast. You need to call a sacred assembly. You need to gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land. You need to go in the house of the Lord. And you need to cry out to the Lord for mercy. It's good advice. Not just wait. This time next year, life will be back to normal. No, the nation needs to repent. Verse 15. Look at verse 15. Now, look what he says here. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. He says here, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Or this is what the day of the Lord will be like, is what he's saying here. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Remember, the day of the Lord is going to come at the end of the age, begin with the tribulation period, and go through to the eternal state. And what Joel does here, he says here, this plague, this famine, this economic collapse, it's just a little foretaste of the day of the Lord that will be, that will come. Speaking of the tribulation period, Jesus said, unless those days be short, no flesh would survive. You know, just read the book of Revelation chapter 6 to 18 to get a, a taste of the devastation that will come during the tribulation period when God pours out his judgment upon the entire world. The plague of locusts, the famine, the economic collapse, they were all terrible. But they don't hold a candle to what will come at the end of the age. They don't hold a candle to the day of the Lord. And what will come upon this Christ-rejecting world in the future? And I want you to note here what Joel is doing. It's a good example for us. 
Joel is looking at the current crisis in his own nation through the lens of end times prophecy. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. What the nation is going through currently with this plague of locusts, he looks at that and sees in it a foreshadowing a preview of the day of the Lord. And that's what we should do also. We should look at things going on today through the lens of Scripture and through the lens of end times prophecy. And these days, that's not so hard to do, is it? To see the things going on in the world today, in the culture today, and see how they are a foreshadowing, a preview, a precursor to... The last days. And the day of the Lord that will come. And we, of course, we don't have time to go through all the examples that are happening in our day and how they are a preview of the tribulation that will come. But I can give you a few. You know, First John chapter 4, verse 3 says that the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world at work. You know, you look at what's going on right now with the vaccine mandates and how people are being told they have to get the vaccine to keep their job or get the vaccine to go to school or to enter a business or to go to a concert or in some cities like New York, you got to show proof of a vaccine to go into a Burger King and buy a cheeseburger. That's just a small preview of how things will be. For believers during the tribulation period. The Bible tells us that during the tribulation, people will need the mark of the beast. To participate in the economy. To buy and to sell things. If they don't have the mark of the beast, they'll be excluded from the economy. I want to be clear because I've had some people ask me this. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. And I'm not giving you an opinion on whether you should get the vaccine or not. But what I am saying is the coercion and the exclusion from the economy, that's just a foretaste of what will happen in the tribulation period. Or look at how quickly and how dramatically Christians and churches have departed from the faith over the last 18 months. Now, I don't know how much you pay attention to this stuff. I pay attention to it because of my job as a pastor. It's just my wheelhouse, right? But there has been a massive departure from the faith and a massive departure from sound doctrine across the nation. At the same time, there has been an awakening for many Christians. 
But you've got a lot of churches that have just departed from sound doctrine. Second Thessalonians chapter two says that there will be the falling away before the day of the Lord begins. And the language in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 indicates a specific event, not general apostasy that's kind of always been around. There's always been churches that have kind of gone off the rails or gotten into weird things or, or bad doctrine or apostasy. That's always kind of gone on throughout church history. But here in 2 Thessalonians 2, it's talking about the falling away, that there is going to be a deliberate abandonment of biblical doctrine that will take place in the last days. First Timothy chapter four, verse one says, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, last days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Second Timothy four, three says the time will come again, speaking about the last days, the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. And so we can look at this falling away that is happening all over the place over the last year and a half, and we can see that as a precursor to the falling away that will take place in the last days. And it may be the beginning of the falling away. I don't know. I can't say. But it could be. You could look at the decline of the United States on the world stage, and, you know, the United States isn't in end times prophecy So how does that happen? For many years, Christians thought, well, the rapture will happen. And there's so many Christians in the United States that will all be raptured to heaven. And there won't be many people left in the country. And that's how the United States is going to go down. I don't know about that anymore. We might just take ourselves off the world stage. All on our own. Or you look at the move towards globalism. And a one world government. And... You can say, okay, like I can see how this fits. How this is a precursor. It's a preview of the last days. Or when we see natural disasters, or we see famine, or we see plagues, or pestilence, or we see nation rising against nation, and empire against empire, or we see a rise in violence, or we see a distress of nations. When you say that nations are distressed right now in the world, I'm just saying that these are all a preview. A foretaste of the tribulation that will come upon the earth. And by the way, when we come to church and we worship together and we fellowship together and we praise the Lord together, that's a foretaste of heaven for us. It's a foretaste of heaven and glory. We should look at the events of our own day through the lens of Scripture so that we have a biblical understanding of what's happening. And let me add to that too, that the Bible says things are going to get worse and worse the closer we get to the end. We might have a reprieve here and there. We might have seasons where things get better. But the general trend is going to get worse and worse. You guys need to know that. It's going to get worse and worse for Christians in the world. You know, the only sure way to escape the tribulation that is to come upon the earth is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Joel tells the people, 
hey, this is a foretaste of the day of the Lord. You, you think this plague of locusts is bad. It's nothing compared to the day of the Lord that will come. And no one wants to go through the day of the Lord. And so finally, verse 16. Is not the food cut off before our eyes? They had trouble with food supplies. Now, again, here's the thing, too. All of these things that can come in our society. People are going to explain it away. Well, we just we got the ships off the coast of Los Angeles. Once we get those ships unloaded, now we're going to start running them 24 hours a day. And that'll help with the. That's a human explanation. They had a human explanation of why their food was cut off. Is not the food cut off before our eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seed shrivels under the clods. Storehouses are in shambles. Barns are broken down for the grain has withered. How the animals groan. The herd of cattle are restless because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. Oh, Lord, to you I cry out. For fire has devoured the open pastures. Speaking of the locusts, and a flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry out to you for the water brooks are dried up. They've had a drought also. Remember the Lord said, if I shut up the heavens and I send a drought, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or I send a plague. They've got two things. They've got the locusts devouring all the vegetation, and they've got a drought going on. There's no water. And fire has devoured the open pastures. You know, what we see in the book of Joel and what we see throughout the Bible is that the answer to sin and disobedience is always repentance. It's always repentance. Repentance means having a change of mind. Change of mind about yourself, change of mind about the way that you're living that results in a change of direction. You stop living the way that you're living. You turn away from your current path in life and you turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and restoration. And again, Joel doesn't say, just hang in there. Next year, it'll all be better. He says, you need to repent. You need to cry out to God for mercy upon your nation. Lord, we thank you for the book of Joel. We thank you for this opening chapter, Lord, and Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be people that just cry out to you for your mercy, Lord. We see the things going on in the world and how much things have changed so quickly. And Lord, we just look to you. We look to you for mercy. Lord, I pray that we would be people who seek you and pray and call upon you, Lord, corporately and individually. Lord, we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Joel, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you find yourself in a spiritual coma, the book of Joel is a great place to wake up 
and come to the realization that although God is loving, He's also just. He has no tolerance for unrepentant sin. In these pages of Joel, you'll find disturbing descriptions of the judgment to come on the earth to wipe it clean of sin and evil, but it's all for the purpose of restoring and purifying a sinful world to a state that was intended in the first place. Are you learning and growing through this study in Joel? If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. Thanks for being part of our listening audience. Come again next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.